Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Thing that comes from who God is. It comes from the root of who God is and who we are in God. How many are thankful tonight that no matter what you're going through, whether you came in here tonight and and found out $5,000 was deposited in your account, or you came in here and found out your, your, your bank account's in the red, either way, if you have the joy of the Lord, that does not affect your joy. It might affect your happiness, but it won't affect your joy. Because you get to a place in your walk with God where you realize, I am saved. My name is in the Lamb's book of life. Is anybody joyful about that tonight, that your name is in the Lamb's book of life? Amen? I I think back to that story where Jesus said, I want you to go out, and he sent them out in twos. And they went out, and and they began to do what Jesus told them. They prayed for the sick, they got healed. They cast out demons. They did all these miracles and all these exploits, and they came back, and they said, Jesus, Jesus, and they were happy. They said, they said, Jesus, we, we cast out demons in your name, and we prayed for the sick, and they got healed, and they were excited, and they were happy, and Jesus said, that's great, but that's not what you should rejoice in. He said, rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. So tonight, church, no matter what our circumstances are, we can have the joy of the Lord. Amen? How many are following me so far? The joy of the Lord, not... Not joy that comes from what I have or don't have, but joy that comes from who I am and who I have in God. Many know the verse that I'm not going to put up on the screen tonight. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, it's one of the most famous verses in the Bible about being joyful. And it says, don't be sad. The joy of the Lord is my... Does anybody know what it is? The joy of the Lord is my strength. So joyful people are strong people. You want to meet someone who's strong in the Lord? There's someone who walks in the joy of the Lord. Now, I was, as I was walking in here tonight, I felt the Holy Spirit speak, to, speak this to me. It may be one, it may be five, it may be ten. This is going to be a revelation for somebody. Because a lot of times, we, if you're not a person that's joyful, and you haven't grasped this, and this hasn't come alive in your life, you might be a person that walks around all the time sad or upset, or we get into church and we all... Talk to different people, right? Everybody go talk to, hopefully we talk to a lot of different people here. Hopefully you don't just talk to the same people every week. But if you begin to think in your mind in this church, you, if I began to say sad or mad or, or stern or grumpy or whatever's the opposite of joy, some people might come into your mind. And you might think, they're always like that. They're always mad. They're always upset. They're always grumpy. They're always sad. They're always straight-faced. They're, all, they're never excited. They're never happy. Maybe someone, hopefully they don't, but maybe someone comes, pops into your head. And then the opposite is, I say, man, how about that person who's always joyful? If I say, and I'm not going to name any names, I, I, I can think of both right now. Trust me, I can, because I'm up here. And I see your faces, amen. But, but hey, before and after church. But when I say joyful, how many know you can have some people pop into your head that, man, they're always joyful. They're always excited. They're always happy. 
And sometimes we can say erroneously, man, what's wrong with them people? Why are they always happy? Why are they always joyful? Why are they always excited? Why? And I, and I wasn't going to list names, but I, I got to throw one out. He was just up here. John's always happy. John's always excited. John's always joyful. That's, the kind, that's a good spirit to have. If you're angry that he's joyful all the time, you have a problem. And not only do you have a problem of being jealous, you have a problem of missing out on something that he has probably found, which is called strength. And you begin to get in a place where, and I'm not saying there's not, trust me, I know there's moments where he's not happy, excited. There's moments of stress and distress, and that's obvious. Nobody can be happy all the time, every second, every moment. But you can have the attitude of understanding how important it is to be joyful and what joy does for you and what joy gives you. I mean, you get what I'm saying. You know, we live in the United States, which is one of the, one of the most blessed countries in the world. And every year they do this thing. I don't know exactly how they base it or exactly how they figure this out, but they do these polls or censuses and they find out who's happy in the world and they make a list of all the countries of the happiest countries in the world. And I read that the last four years in a row, Finland has been the most happy country in the world. And, and I know from just having a recent grandbaby, one reason why. They get 460 days husband and wife, of paid sick leave with the newborn. I mean, no, that's about a year and a half, year and a quarter. Paid to be home with the baby. That'd be a good reason to be happy. They have a government system that's set up real well. They get paid good money. The crime is low. All these things. So four years in a row, they've been the most happy country in the world. Again, I don't know exactly how they do it. I do remember many years ago, my wife telling me that one year, Costa Rica won. They were the happiest country in the world. And you think about that and you start thinking about what makes people happy. And we should be, you'd think, in the United States, always top five. I mean, we're the most blessed country in the world. We're financially set. We've got so many opportunities. we got these beautifully paved roads. We have so many things to be happy about. And that, guess what? We're not even in the top ten. Why is that? Because things don't give us joy. How many have been alive long enough to realize that? Things don't give us joy. Matter of fact, uh, last year we were 15th in happiness, and our level of happiness in the United States has gone down every single year since 2005. So listen to this verse, Luke 12, 15, or look up on the screen. Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of covet covetousness. That means when you look at somebody else's, that's actually one of the Ten Commandments, you look at somebody else's things and you want them. How many know one thing we should covet and God will be okay with it is joy? We should look at someone's life and instead of being like, man, why are they always happy? That gets on my nerves. Why are they always excited? Why are they always, instead of being like that, we should be like, Lord, I want that. I want that. Amen. I want to be happy like that. I want to be joyful like that. He says, beware of covetousness, covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Young people that are listening, learn now. Learn now at a young age that it's, it's okay to have 
a house and cars and money and, and a career and all that. There's nothing wrong with those things, but those are not the things that are going to make you happy. Walking with the Lord, having a relationship with God, and understanding what brings true joy is what's going to make you happy. Amen? Amen. And so happiness is the feeling of you get when things are going well. It's based on your circumstances. That's why sometimes you ask some people, how are you doing, and you wish you wouldn't have asked. You ever asked anybody that? Like you're not really asking when you ask how they're doing all the things that went wrong that day. Right? But sometimes everybody's got a story every single time. And you wonder, does anything good ever happen in their life? Right? How many know what I'm talking about? But then you can also have an attitude of just sometimes learning to laugh about things that are a pain. I, I, I was talking, I'm not going to say who it is, I was talking to someone for the service, um, and, and they have had a bad week, a really bad week. But as they were explaining to me their week, he started to laugh. And I thought to myself, that's no coincidence I'm preaching on joy tonight. Because sometimes you just, not, not sometimes, all the time, we just need to laugh about it. How many know that our problems are temporary anyways? They're not going to last forever. As a matter of fact, one of the most powerful verses in the Bible is not in my notes tonight, but I love it. It's in Psalms. It says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Hello. Weeping is going to happen. How many love rainbows? Let me see your hand if you love rainbows. You love to look at them, see them, They're especially double rainbows. Listen to this. I, I, had, I found this quote today. To enjoy to the rainbow, you have to endure the rain. We love rainbows, but we don't like the rain sometimes. But that rain comes out to that rainbow comes out to remind us what? That God's still alive. God's in, still in control. He's not going to destroy the earth by water again. It's a promise that this is going to pass. We always say this, it's not going to rain forever. It's not going to be gloomy forever. Whatever situation you're in right now, even that person that came and talked to me and told me about the bad week, however bad it is, it's going to get better. Look at the person next to you and say, it's going to get better. Now look at them and tell them this, and your joy has a lot to do with that. Because your circumstances, watch this, can affect your happiness. Listen to this. Your circumstances can affect your happiness, but your joy can affect your circumstances. Think about that. Something can happen to me and it seals my happiness. But I can say I've got the joy of the Lord and I'm not looking at what I have or don't have. I'm a, I'm a child of the living God and my joy can begin to affect my circumstances. And not only will it affect my circumstances, it will affect the people around me who are watching I did a whole message one time on how, how healthy it was to be happy, right? And how literally, physically, scientifically, it's, it's, it's good for you to laugh and to be happy. I'm looking over here at Joe right now, and he's nodding his head. If you, if you, listen, you come to church and you need some joy, go talk to Joe. He'll tell you a joke. He has a joke for it. As a matter of fact, just say what your circumstance is. He'll have a joke for it. For specifically for that, I promise you. Joe, is that okay? I know you're going to be bombarded after church, but listen, get in line. Get in line and go see Joe. 
Because he'll give you a joke. Amen? I don't know how many times I've come off this pulpit. And sometimes it's been a message that's been heavy. And he'll tell me a joke. Lighten it all up. Amen? But how many know it's good to laugh? I wish I was better at telling jokes. I asked my daughter before we came out. I said, you remember any, any good jokes I've ever told? She told me a couple. But the problem is I can't even remember them. So I'd love to tell one right now and make you laugh. So just act like I did. Just act like I did something funny. Amen? And we'll just save time. Proverbs 17, 22, watch this. A merry heart, a joyful heart, does good. A merry heart, a joyful heart, does good. Like medicine. Like medicine. We take, when we're joyful, it's like medicine to our spiritual hearts and our physical hearts. But a broken spirit dries the bones. So here's the revelation I said a little earlier that some people might get. If you're walking around all the time defeated and you're always walking down and you always feel like you're never happy, stop allowing circumstances to steal your joy. Start turning things around. Start, start learning how to let joy flow from your life. Amen? I want to give you a few things to think about tonight that will help you. But for one, this joy thing is important. In, in the Old Testament alone, the word joy is mentioned 93 times. In the Old Testament... It's a Hebrew word that means glee or exceedingly glad. And again, I, I, I can't tell you enough about how we need to have the attitude of, no matter what I'm going through, and listen, this is an important thing too. This is going to help somebody. I was talking to Pastor Dylan about this last night. When you get to realize, this is something God's helped me with, you can't control a lot of things. It helps. A lot of times we lose our joy over trying to control something we can't control. You like today, you know, you wanted to do something outside or you needed to work outside or whatever it is and it rained and it'd be like you, you know, reaching up in the clouds and trying to pull those clouds down or screaming at the, at the air and saying, stop raining. How many know you can't control that rain that's coming down? It's going to rain. When it's going to rain, it's going to rain. So a lot of us need to stop trying to control everything and understand that God is in control. And stop losing your joy over things that you can't control. I'm not saying just sit back and let everything happen. But I'm saying learn that there's a lot of things you cannot control. And you are spinning your wheels and losing your joy. And getting upset and mad over things that you cannot help. Amen. How many believe God wants us to be joyful? Now here's a few things, if you're taking notes, that can help us. For number one. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but it's very possible in this place you have lost your joy. You've lost your joy. You had it at one point. And the reason I say that is I've never met somebody who has truly, think back to when you got saved. Think back to that day. For some of you, it might have been a few weeks or months ago. For some of you, it might have been 50 years ago. But think back to that day you got saved. When somebody truly converts to Christ, they are not upset. There's a joy there and a happiness there that can't even be expressed in our words. How many know what I'm talking about? If it's a real conversion. And what happens is that joy comes on us because at, at that moment we have the greatest revelation ever of the, who we were and who we are now. 
All of a sudden we realize, man, I was on my way to hell. I was lost. I was on a path of destruction. And now God has turned me around. I didn't do anything to deserve it. And now I'm saved and I'm free. And, I'm, and, I, and this joy comes on me. And it's, it's the joy of the Lord. It's the joy of salvation. And we're excited. We want everybody in the world to know what happened to us. Well, how come we don't keep that? How come we don't walk in that today? Because we can lose our joy. We can let our joy be lost. And so the Bible says in Psalms 51, verse 12, here's how we know it can be lost. David says, restore to me. Restore to me. If something needs to be restored, it means it's been lost. David had lost his joy. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Because if you get back your joy of your salvation, nothing else will matter. Are you listening to me? That's a fact. If you have the joy of your salvation, nothing else will matter. And he says, uphold me by your generous spirit. So we need to ask God. Maybe you need to ask God tonight. Lord, I've lost my joy and I want to get it back. God can cause our heart to smile even if the things on the outside begin, seem to be falling apart. As I say that, that's, that's a problem some of us have sometimes. We think because someone is smiling and we know they're going through a problem, they're being hypocritical. Or they're being fake. Now how are they even smiling right now with everything they're going through? Because they understand the strength of joy. You can either get upset about it or you can get, be joyful and trust God. One way or the, you're going to have an attitude one way or the other. Amen. I, I, I've said it before. I have it in my office. It says, attitude is everything. Pick a good one. Pick a good attitude. We choose to be joyful. Or we choose to be upset. Or we choose to be sad. Or we choose to be whatever. We choose. It's an attitude. And so I need to be reminded and I need God's help to show me that no matter what I'm going through in my life, He can make my heart smile even when things on the outside are not looking good. As I'm saying this, I think about my parents right now. I was at the hospital yesterday visiting my mom. She is just nonstop for the last year and a half, two years, in and out of the hospital. Most of you know the situation. She was, she's barely able to talk yesterday, super tired, couldn't hardly stay awake. And my dad has the most amazing attitude. He has his days. Don't get me wrong. He has his days. But I'm sitting there in the hospital watching him comb her hair and love on her and all this heartache and all this hardship and all these things they're going through. And, and he chooses to have a joyful attitude about it. And I think about as, as all this is going on, just a few days ago, he, and, and we're, we're waiting on some serious stuff. I mean, she's got to have her pacemaker replaced. She's, she's got bacteria in her body again. Every time we think we're over a hump, another hump comes, another problem comes. And she's been in this rehab she was in recently 10 times this year. I mean, we, she hasn't hardly been home all year. Hospital, hospital, hospital. How many know that can wear on you? But my dad sends me a thing a few days ago and just out of the blue just sends it to me and says, don't count the days, make the days count. How many know that's an attitude? Don't count the days, make the days count. And so I'm there yesterday, and, 
And uh, we had a funny moment. My sister showed up, and I'm not going to tell you the funny moment because it's a family moment, but it was funny. And my, my sister and I were just laughing. And you'd think, how in the world are you going to sit there and laugh in a hospital room like that? Because you have to laugh or cry. How I many know it's better to laugh than cry? What's crying going to do? We go into that room. You know when you go into a hospital room and somebody's dying, the best thing you can do is be happy. Because maybe that's going to be the last day they're going to see some joy. Amen? I mean, take some joy into that room. How many know in our lives, we need to take some joy into some people's lives? They're already, the world's already as upset as it is. Let's be that person that makes them happy. So we're hanging out. and Again, today, I, I, I wish I could show the picture because it's funny. He sends me a picture of my mom. And it's a funny picture that they're laughing about. And as he sends me this picture, he sends this below it. Live, laugh, love, y'all. So here they are in the hospital, no good news around the corner, no reason to be happy, and they're, they're joyful. It's an attitude. And in this place, there's lots of people who are going through things, and you, and you don't have any control over it, but what you have control over is how you look at it and the attitude you have. So if you've lost your joy, God says you can get it back. David said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Amen. Number two. You find joy in the presence of the Lord, in God's presence. We don't go to the bar to find joy. We don't go to the movies to find joy. We don't go to a, a psychic to find joy. We go to the Lord's presence. We go to Him. He's the one who gives it. Psalms one, uh, nine, sorry, 16.11 says, You will show me the path of life. And watch this. In your presence, in your presence, is what? Somebody shout that out. In your presence is what? Fullness of joy. Where? In the presence of the Lord. In the presence of the Lord. How many know today lots of people are trying to find joy in the bar? In drugs. In a relationship. In a situation. In the bank account. You know today is, I think John mentioned at the offering, today alone... Maybe, I don't know specifically today, but this week, whatever. You have people who've, who've lost, probably lost hundreds of thousands and even millions of dollars in the stock market. If that's, if that's what your joy is, you're in trouble. If your joy is based on this economy, it's trouble. But how many know we have a joy that doesn't come from the economy? We have a joy that comes from higher sources. And it says, in your presence is fullness of joy. Amen? So, listen to this. And it says, At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. If you lack joy, besides going back and asking God to restore it, make an effort to spend more time in God's presence. Make an effort to get up earlier and turn some worship music on. To get up and just be in God's presence, just to worship Him. How many know spending time in God's presence is never wasted time? Never wasted time. And you think about his, and this kind of goes back to the message I preached a few weeks ago about awe and, and, and reverence. You think about his kindness. You celebrate his mercy and his grace and his goodness. And as you think about, again, where we should be and where we are, that joy should overflow us. Amen? That's why it's important to, to go out on outreach. That's why it's important to visit your neighbors. That's why it's important to watch the person under the bridge that doesn't have a place to live. 
and look at other people and be thankful for what you have instead of what we do too many times, which is complain about what we don't have. Amen? You've heard me say it before. Maybe you haven't tonight. I'll say it to you again. If I ask you how you're doing and you tell me okay, maybe you know me long enough to know what I'm going to tell you. When you say you're okay, that means you're in jail or the hospital. If you're not in jail and you're not in the hospital, you're doing better than okay. You should be doing at least good. And you know what? You can say, I'm doing great, even if you're not doing great, because it's an attitude of joy. And you're telling not only the person you're talking to, but listen to this, you're telling the devil. You're telling the devil, you're not going to steal my joy. You're not going to rob me of my joy. Because if you rob me of my joy, you rob me of my strength. And just as Jesse said at the prayer time, if we are not strong, we can be overcome by the enemy. He's seeking whom he can devour. So he's looking for people who are weak in their joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Number three, joy is a result. Joy is a result, think about this, of righteousness. Joy is a result of righteousness. The New Living Translation in Psalms 97.11 says this. Light shines on the godly. And joy on those whose hearts are right. What does this mean? This is simple. Lots of Christians today are not joyful because they're not living righteous lives. When you're not living right or you're doing something God doesn't want you to do, you're not going to be happy. You're going to be miserable. You're going to be upset with yourself. You're going to be mad at yourself. You're going to be convicted. You're going to feel condemned. And that's not God, but you're going to have all these emotions. But when you're trying to live right, and you're trying to live holy, and you're asking God to help you live for the Lord and, and to do things the way He asks us to do and, and walk in His righteousness, then there's a joy on our hearts. Here's what Ecclesiastes says, verse two, chapter 2, verse 26, New Living Translation. God gives wisdom. Knowledge and joy to who? To who does he give joy, knowledge, and wisdom to? To those who please him. Amen? So, the, so and, and then the rest, of, we don't need to read not, right now, but that was the top part I want you to see. Now watch this. If tonight you have un, unaddressed or unconfessed sin that you haven't dealt with, it'll, deal, it'll take your joy away. So what do you need to do? Confess it. Get that sin out of your life. Come to the Lord and say, Lord, maybe, maybe this sin or maybe these thoughts or maybe these attitudes are robbing me of my joy. I don't want that. I want my joy back. Amen? And you find that. The last one is you find joy, and I'm going to ask the musicians to come, in unanswered prayer. Sorry, in answered prayer, not un unanswered. You find joy in answered prayer. How many love it when God answers your prayers? Isn't it awesome when, when, you, when you say a prayer for something and you believe for something and you stand in the gap for something and you intercede and you go to the Lord and you ask and He answers, it's joyful. Amen. Amen? But here's the thing. You can't have answered prayers if you don't ask. You got to ask. And we all fall short on that. We, we, and listen, I'm the first person to say it. I'm guilty of it too, and i got to fight myself and get myself in the right mind, state of mind, because what I'll do a lot of times is I'll 
go talk about that situation to somebody else or I'll complain about it or I'll try to figure it out instead of taking it to the Lord. I mean, no, that's the first thing we need to do. Take it to the Lord. If you have somebody that bothers you in your life, take it to the Lord. Because watch what John, Jesus said in John chapter 16. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will what? And then watch what it says. That your joy may be full. Amen. Answered prayer brings joy, but you can't have answered prayer if you don't pray. Lord, thank you tonight for joy. Lord, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Lord, this is a recipe for happiness, true happiness. This is a source of strength tonight. This is something that if we have in our lives, God, it doesn't matter what's around us. It doesn't matter what's happening. It doesn't matter what we see. It doesn't matter what we lose. Because all of our joy is not based in things. It's not based in conditions. It's not based in people. It's not based in how people react to me. It's based in who you are. The joy of your of you, Lord, is my strength tonight. Your joy is my strength. And Lord, as I, as I come to you, Father, if I've lost my joy, I ask you to restore it. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Help me to remember that day when I got saved and wanted the whole world to know what Jesus has done for me. Lord, this is something that can be contagious too. Lots of things are contagious, God, but joy can be contagious. Let the joy of the Lord rub off on each other, Father. Let the joy of the Lord fill this place tonight, God. And Lord, as we come into your presence and we say, God, if there's anything in my life that's robbing me of my joy, if there's sin, if there's anger, if there's doubt, if there's unforgiveness, remove it from me tonight so I can walk in the joy of the Lord. And Father, tonight we pray. We pray for the things that we know need to change. We ask to you tonight and know that your word says lots of times we don't have because we don't ask. You ask, he said, and our joy will be full. Lord, let this be a revelation to all of us tonight that we can be happy, we can be joyful, we can be strong in the, in the gladness of our heart and rejoice in who you are tonight because God you said don't let your heart be troubled be of good cheer because I have overcome the world thank you for that father tonight as heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place we're going to pray in just a few moments and we're going to have a, a time at the altar to come and get refilled with joy to come and make an attitude of joy to be joyful to rejoice but before we do how many all across this place could say, Pastor, tonight I'm not saved. I'm not born again. I need the joy of the Lord in my life, but I've never been saved, and I want to be saved tonight. I want Jesus to come into my life and be Lord of my life. I understand tonight that I'll never be happy until Jesus takes the place in my heart that has a void that only He can fill. How many would say, Pastor, I need that void to be filled tonight? Just lift up your hand all across this place and say pray for me 
I see your hand. How many more? I see your hand. Pray for me. I need that joy tonight. I need to be. I see your hand. I need Jesus to come into my life. I need Jesus to be Lord of my life. I need Jesus to take control. Maybe you've never confessed Jesus as Lord. You've never said, Jesus, I want the whole world to know that I publicly confess that you are Lord and you are Master and you are Savior. Maybe you have at some point in your life and tonight you're the prodigal son or the prodigal daughter and you're running from God and tonight you need to come home and return. David had to come back to the Lord. David committed adultery. David committed murder. He had lost the joy of his salvation because of his sins and his mistakes. And he said, God, forgive me and restore unto me the joy of my salvation. If you've lost that joy because of backsliding or running away or, or going and making wrong decisions, how many would say, Pastor, pray for me tonight. I need to be restored to that joy. I want to come home to, my, to that decision again. I want to make things right. Amen. Let's stand to our feet quickly, if you would. If you need to make that decision tonight, pray that prayer for salvation. We're going to do it online with those that are watching online and those that are listening on the podcast as well. Father, I thank you tonight for this opportunity that we may never have again. We'll definitely never have another Wednesday night of August 18th, 2021, Father. And this is the, the day of salvation, your word says. I believe people are going to say this prayer online tonight. I, mean, I believe people are going to say this with the podcast six months from now, maybe in another country, maybe in another state. And they're going to say this sinner's prayer, and you're going to change their lives forever. If you, if you raised your hand tonight and you want to say the sinner's prayer, just step out of your seat to the nearest aisle and come down to this altar real quick, and we're going to pray. We're going to pray with those that are online tonight. Just step out and come down. If you meant that and you need to pray for salvation, you need to give Jesus lordship of your heart. He's in control tonight. He's knocking on the door of your heart. Holy Spirit, touch us. Holy Spirit, minister to us. Oh, we thank you. I want everyone to repeat this after me. Lord Jesus. You're married to the backslider. You love the sinner. You died for the sinner while we were still sinners. Jesus, I believe with all my heart and I confess with my mouth, you are Lord. I believe you came down from heaven, lived a perfect life, sacrificially, being God in a human body for me. You went to the cross. You died on that cross. You shed your blood. And you gave up your life and died for me. And then you rose from the dead and defeated death so that I could defeat death, so that I could live forever. I believe that. And I ask you tonight to forgive me for all of my sins, all of my mistakes, all of my shortcomings. And I ask you to wash me clean with your precious blood in Jesus' name. And the Bible says, the angels are rejoicing over my decision tonight in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big praise. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.